Hey, welcome to the Word Weaver podcast, a place dedicated to the powerful web words weave and the deep layers they uncover. Here you'll find a compilation of tips, tricks, and words of wisdom from writers, authors, creatives, and entrepreneurs. Basically, cool people doing cool things in the world and how they've used words as weapons of mass creation and inspiration. You'll also hear from me, your host, Louise Johnson. I'm a former marketing maven in New York and Switzerland. I left a lucrative job to follow my dream of becoming a writer. It's a never-ending journey, so I figured we should all be in it together. I've learned a lot along the way, but it's a constant evolution. My favorite part is how little by little, letters turn into words, words become sentences, sentences become paragraphs, and before you know it, you've created something from nothing. And whenever that happens in life, it's nothing short of magic. So grab a coffee or a glass of wine, and let's dive into today's chapter. Hey guys, welcome back to the Word Weaver podcast. I can't believe it's already mid-July. It feels like time is flying so fast this summer. You're listening to chapter eight, and today is an interview with Errol McCaffrey, somebody that I went to high school with, who is now a certified yoga and meditation instructor and also an active mental health advocate here in Toronto. Errol is a trained journalist. She was a former TV news anchor and continues to write articles under her website, errolmccaffrey.com, formerly Two Feet and a Heartbeat. She's published many articles in Elephant Journal on mental health, self-care, and the benefits of yoga and meditation on your overall well-being. As a writer herself, she's experienced her fair share of imposter syndrome, writer's block, and chronic self-doubt when it comes to the process of putting words on paper. She also uses writing as a coping mechanism and a therapeutic exercise. Under her company name, Wellness with Errol, she goes into schools, companies, and communities to share her journey with anxiety and depression. After her talks, she workshops with students and employees and gives them coping strategies for dealing with their own mental health, including gentle meditation and yoga sessions. If you happen to live in the Toronto area, you can also catch Errol teaching yoga at Good Space in Parkdale. Errol's hashtag Meditation Monday videos have gone viral on Instagram, so be sure to stay tuned until the end of this chapter because Errol will be leading us through a Wellness for Writers meditation exercise. Truth be told, I fell into a trance and got shivers up my spine while we were recording this interview. It's definitely something you want to listen to on your own and implement in your daily life if you're ever feeling stressed or overwhelmed or experiencing writer's block with your work. Hello, hello. Is it me you're looking for? <laughs> okay, so Ground control to major town. Okay, perfect. And then let's see if this is working. We've got a fan on, so if you hear a little bit of that in the background, it's a necessity because it's way too hot to sit here without a fan. No AC. No AC. Okay, so I'm really excited to talk to you today. You're an amazing communicator. I've known you since high school. You're always very well-spoken. You have a background in TV journalism. You're now a public speaker. Has writing always been something that you've done, and has it always been a part of your life? Yeah. I think I started writing, I remember having one of those old Macintosh computers, desktop computers, like really small. With the blue translucent or green. Yeah. Oh, I love those. Heavy. And being a little kid, and there was this program on it where you could write a story, like the bottom half of the screen was the words and the top half was um, a drawing, which I was never strong at, still I'm not. Um, So I was doing little stories back then, and then it kind of evolved 
really in high school to more journalism kind of stuff. I did a co-op at a newspaper in Oakville and then... Was that the Oakville Beaver? The Oakville Beaver. Oh my God, that's a legend. My dad's been in there (laughs) twice on his Vespa, so if he's listening, he's a big fan of the Oakville Beaver. Oh yeah. Okay, scoring points with the dad. (laughs) I guess professionally it's always been a big part of my life, but since childhood, journaling too, just as a way to express myself. I love, I love writing. Yeah. And then how did you get into TV broadcasting after high school? Did you go study that in university? Yes. Um, I don't know if it's still a program running. I heard Mm -hmm. it might be shut down, which would make me very sad. But Fanshawe and Western have a collaborative program, or used to, where you could study media theory at Western and then broadcast journalism at Fanshawe. And do it all in four years. That's amazing. So like an incredible program where you can, you know, learn hands-on stuff and also the theory. And um, I learned radio there, how to run a, not how to run a radio station, but how to be a reporter there. And did a little bit of training with Rogers TV, videography stuff. And I wasn't actually sure I wanted to get into TV, but it was a great opportunity. And that's how I got into CHCH and did it for a year and a half. Yeah. And then changed my life. And then you changed your (laughs) life. Can you tell us about that left turn? Yes. So I guess I realized once I got into TV almost instantly that that medium specifically wasn't for me. That's not how I felt like I was expressing myself Mm -hmm. best, communicating best. I know some people that is their strength to be on TV wasn't really mine. And I really missed just writing. Mm -hmm. And I missed the amount of time that I used to have for my self-care and for taking care of myself because it's such a an, an intense career really new oh, yeah. you have to really if you want to do well in it be successful you got to give it your all which I totally respect when I see that in other people so, were you getting up at 4 a.m or 3 a.m yeah, I'm just yeah. grinding it out and working really hard and it's a lot of stress and a lot of you know stuff over my head I was only I think 22 or 23 and I'm like the responsibility was heavy and I realized I think because I was my mental health was starting to really suffer that I needed to do something to take care of myself so I started practicing yoga more started meditating and started having dreams about teaching and I was like oh my god this is so different from what I've been training for for my whole life what do I do yeah but um after yeah about a year a year and a half in tv I I quit and took some time off trying to figure it out Mm -hmm. freelanced some writing did that and then um got into teaching yoga and meditation so it's kind of like a calling it came to you in a dream and you're like this is what I'm drawn or pulled to do before that had you ever done yoga before I had practiced a little bit in my early teens my Mm -hmm. preteens my dad growing up was like an old yogi had practiced a lot of yoga in California hippie of sorts (laughs) and taught me a bit about meditation and yoga growing up so I'd always kind of like I was gonna say flirted with it that sounds very strange I'd always kind of practiced it here and there and then not really seriously until um, after university actually I went to um, Costa Rica for a month lived there and started practicing again every day and I was like oh and it kind of just became more regular after that did you notice a drastic shift on your mood and your overall well-being yes yes because I'm naturally very type a I'm the same <laughs> yeah well, which is great yeah I think a lot of writers are yes yeah. you know you have to because you're you're pushing out the work yourself or you're looking for leads or you know clients or whatever but I felt overwhelmed all the time and so to kind of temper that I needed to have something that was about slowing down and yeah every time I practiced meditation or yoga and even back then when I was learning I felt way more grounded and just like 
in control of my life. Yeah. And it's something that I think has come for our generation. It wasn't huge when we were growing up. Yoga meditation wasn't even really talked about. It was something that yogis did and yeah. at an ashram <laughs> in India, or I think for the, for me, the first time I really heard about kind of that whole lifestyle was an eat, pray, love Elizabeth Gilbert yeah. going to study meditation. Yeah. But it's not something that we had in high school. And kind of going back to high school, Instagram, we also didn't grow up with that. And that takes a huge toll on kids' self-esteem these days. I don't know how we could have done it I don't know growing up. My youngest sister was the first generation that had Instagram in high school. And I could see how debilitating it was. Like these, Especially girls, because there's already so much pressure on your physical and outward appearance. Mm-hmm. But it affects boys, too. So... What I love, and I've said this before, one of my favorite things about you is that you noticed this trend and you're actually doing something about it. You're going into schools and giving these kids a tool or a way to cope with it, which my sister didn't have in high school. And I really am happy that this generation moving forward has that. So can you talk to us about your mindful teachings in school, what you do with them, and then also corporations and communities? Yeah. That's a um, long question. <laughs> no, but it's it, it puts it into context how much how needed it is right now, especially for youth and for oh, yeah. students, really anybody, because social media has taken over our lives. But I think to be like a developing human being mm-hmm. and to have all that pressure on you and maybe not even know who you are yeah. is like pretty insane. Um, so the I guess it was another calling to go into schools because I I was teaching a lot of kids at the time, mm-hmm. just in studios and everywhere else, and seeing how much they benefited from connecting to themselves and others in a really kind and helpful and healthy way. And they would like every now and then just say, I wish you would come in my school and like do some yoga, whatever. And I thought, okay, that'd be kind of cool. And it got me thinking about my own experiences for sure in high school. Yes, we didn't have Instagram or social media um, wasn't like the main, you know, focus back then. But I also remember being super stressed by exams and pressure and you know yeah. social stuff and those feelings are there they're just amplified yes, more now absolutely so I'm like I can't even imagine what it would be like to feel that kind of pressure and be overstimulated like that oh my god yeah so yeah a lot of the stuff that I do now is going to schools and I offer workshops where I teach a bit about I teach a bit of meditation and yoga I talk about mental health and how these practices can support it. Mm-hmm. I, I share my own personal journey with anxiety and depression and, again, how mindfulness has helped me. Um, so I do that for kindergarten to grade 12, which is interesting because I really have to customize it for each age group. Yeah, you know, that's not true. not going to talk about anxiety and depression to, like, five-year-olds. That's <laughs> true. In other words, you know, when you don't feel good. So that's one thing. Um, I do talks as well where I just go in and speak and yep. just share my journey. It's all kind of the same thing. Workshops are more hands-on. Um, so the same kind of thing applies to corporate and community. I just gear it more to, okay, you know, in the corporate world, this will increase your productivity, mm-hmm. decrease sick days. I kind of put it in that context. But, yeah, same for communities. It's just more about connecting with each other. Yeah. Everyone it's, can use it. Everyone can use it. I think everybody needs some way, some tools to help with mental health, web no matter what end of the spectrum sure. of anxiety and depression, you're on it now. Even my parents growing up, they nobody ever talked about depression. That wasn't a word. Yeah. But now we have a word to link it to that yeah. feeling. And so it's important to talk about it, and it's important to find ways to 
deal with it. So I love that you're doing something about it because a lot of people just let it pass and think it's part of life and it can be debilitating. Well, the other thing too is that you don't have to have a mental illness or right. you know, some kind of mental challenge in order to like grasp or be helped by mindfulness because everybody has mental health. Mm-hmm. It's like physical health, right? And, and we're starting to see that in society like, oh, hey, I get stressed, you know, my focus decreases, my concentration lessens when I'm, you know, not thinking clearly, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the next step after that is like, okay, we recognize everyone has me- mental health, like they do physical health, and now to see it as like one. Yep. It's holistic health, right? Like it's taking care I of your that. whole thing. Holistic <laughs> Body, health. mind, soul, if you want to get it in there. Yeah. Okay, so that kind of leads into my next question, which you're obviously a very confident, self-assured public speaker. You're on TV at one point, you go into schools, you go into companies, but I think I can be so bold as to say that we're very similar in that we're extroverted introverts. We have what seems to be an outgoing external personality to others, we're able to go and speak, but really we need a lot of alone time to recharge away from people. So would you say you're an introvert, oh, yeah, extrovert, yeah, yeah. extroverted introvert? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think uh, it's hard to, to notice that because, again, when I'm out there and when you're out there, that's the side of the person people see is, okay, yeah, you're super confident. You love talking to people. But, yeah, my, my energy gets depleted very easily if I don't, like, then come back to myself and spend I'm trying to make it half and half, like half output, half input, you know, like, okay, I'm going out there and I'm doing all this stuff and it's amazing, but I need to refill my cup every day, not just at the end of the week when I'm like, that's key End of the month, at the end of the year, it's like every day I'm going to, you know, make sure I'm practicing yoga. I'm meditating. I'm having a bubble bath. (laughs) Like I'm just in my room alone. Stuff like that is really, yeah, I need to be, I need to make it mandatory for myself. Do you schedule it in your calendar, your day planner? Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, it was good because I find it hard to balance. I do. I get burnt out quite easily and I have really bad insomnia and all of that. So I was curious how you handle and what self-care practices. So you take a bubble bath, yoga. (laughs) I've started doing baths every night and it's my new favorite thing. Yeah, Yeah, especially for sleep, especially for sleep. It's it it calms me down and then I'm there and then my mind goes racing but uh, is there anything else that you do yeah if you can make it daily and I think it takes like anything it's creating a habit so it takes some time and even though this is what I do for my life's work I like you asked I still put it in my schedule yeah because I know if I don't I will take my work whatever as priority over my myself yeah so yeah what else do I do daily um I just try to spend time in silence like not necessarily meditating but turning off the devices turning off the tv maybe i'm folding laundry or doing something mundane but it's like enough that i'm like i'm kind of yeah detaching from all the technology and that's really important for me and and to be in nature too i live Mm -hmm. near high park i'm lucky for that trees and and forests have a very positive impact on our mental health and just for reconnecting to the actual like the real world earth do you have any specific advice for writers of what they can do when they're feeling kind of imposter syndrome or overwhelmed Mm -hmm. writer's block kicks in which writer's block is just fear of failure I think I have to make sure for me it's like about having a supportive environment so making sure that I have like I like to have a clean space you know it's not cluttered when I'm writing or planning um 
that I'm eating enough food. I'm taking breaks every half an hour, like not every three hours, every half an hour, I'm going to get up and move my body because then you're moving energy through your body, through your brain, and you're able to stay fresh. Mm -hmm. Um, and setting goals and, you know, boundaries is very important to say, okay, I'm going to write from this time to this time and that's it. Yep. And I'm not going over, I'm not going under, I'm just committing to that. And I, I struggle with that. I have a hard lot. time with that, yeah. I do, because then there's that little voice that goes, eh, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. But to do that, it, it allows you to maximize your energy. Like, it does when I when I do that, whether I'm mm-hmm. writing or doing some business stuff to say, okay, I'm just going to do it for this time, or this is all I realistically, realistically have to um, spend on this so I can be focused with my energy. And But I think the number one thing is taking breaks, because... Yeah. I know I can't edit my stuff right after I write it. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. Who wrote this? The human brain can't go on that long. <laughs> yeah. No. And be like eloquent. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. So to take a break, like physically move your body. Even when I teach workshops and I'm like, or talks where I'm talking a lot, I'll yeah. get people to stand up at some point and just move for That's a minute. That's smart. Because it's all, again, it's all connected. So move your body, take some breaths. Yeah. Your mind. Yeah. <laughs> but do you find now that you work for yourself, you're self-employed as am I, and it's a lot harder to shut your brain off because you yeah. just think there's always more you can be putting back into the business Absolutely. or doing to yeah. make money or mm-hmm. to create. Do you divide your days up with business, writing, yoga? How do, how, what does a day in the life of Arrow look like? I'm trying to be much more balanced. I, put, I made a post today on Instagram like, this is a perfect day where I had I'm doing yoga in the morning, mm-hmm. I'm doing some workshop stuff, I'm going to meet you. It's all a business-ish friend, you know, yeah. related. Um, best of both worlds. Best of both worlds. But yeah, some days are like, I'm all, I'm teaching the whole day, like four or five classes in a row and I'm like, that's it. That's a lot. That's all I've got energy for. Mm-hmm. Other days, I'm, I'm just spending the whole day kind of, yeah, writing or doing whatever else. But I, I do try to break it up. I try to make sure that I have you know, at least half an hour or an hour between tasks so I can eat, stretch, I don't know, call my mom, do something. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 That does make sense. Yeah. That's yeah, great. But it, no, but it is hard. I think I, I struggle a lot with the, I'm not doing enough. Like that's like a, a not helpful or like a toxic mantra that we'll replay. Yes. And, and you could always be doing saying, more. Yes. I'm like, oh, Every, every day it, it, it surfaces. Yeah. You know, that's, I think, part of, like, learning to be a business person and learning to um, look at it as a marathon and not a race. Like, okay, I have to do this every day. I'm doing my best. And kind of switch your self-talk so that mm-hmm. you're being kind and patient. Little by little, yeah. you'll achieve great things. You just have to. Yeah. You will. If you do I it a agree. little bit every day. And how do you deal with overwhelm and anxiety because I think it's important for people to know that it's not something you overcome it's Mm -hmm. not you're not going to cure depression anxiety um I think it's really important to get to know yourself like I think some people when they have an inflammation of some sort or a dietary problem Mm -hmm. they'll, they'll be told to track what they're eating and how it affects them yeah and so I think it's pretty similar with your moods to go okay you don't necessarily have to journal, but to be aware, okay, I did this today and that gave me anxiety. I did that today, or these are my triggers. So to know, like to be able to not predict, but to be aware of what helps you, what doesn't help you, yep. try to do the stuff that helps you. Um, and to know that it's manageable. You can't necessarily, like, yeah, curing anxiety, depression, not really a thing in my mind, but um, healing it in the moment is totally possible. So to 
have a bit of self-awareness and have some tools in your toolkit mm-hmm. I think is everything to have oh yeah a practice of some kind or a routine that you do it doesn't have to be yoga and meditation it can be walking your dog or some people like to clean their place um, having a good support system, yeah. people that you can be real with. Yeah. You know, a lot of us, especially in this part of the world, don't want to admit. <laughs> yeah. I'm a lady boss, but I'm also dying inside. Exactly. Like, <laughs> so yeah. be real with it and just be like, I'm having a crap day. I need to go for a walk and call a friend or call your families. Yep. Everything. So you can, it's a phase that you can move through yeah. if you have the right tools in your toolkit. Yeah. I love that. What is your goal for yourself in the neck, in this life? Do you have any dreams that you want to accomplish i would like to write a book one day yay i would like to use my own experiences to like some of my favorite books are written by people that are just talking about their own journey and Mm -hmm. being really real about you know challenges and what's helped them so i'm you know i'm interested in doing something like that i'm only 29 so i want to wait until i've had more like space for my experiences to be able to be like yes this is what i've learned yeah you need some distance from it distance so that would be down the line, but other than that, I just I would love to travel. I'd like to take my talks and my workshops around the world, like to be able to awesome have some sponsorship, like enough funding, enough uh, freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody worldwide would benefit from more of it. I hope so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I have this strong feeling. I've never been to BC, but I'm like, when I go, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever leave. No, I, I know. such great things about it. Oh, my, yeah, the mountains, the hiking. Yes. Like you said, reconnecting with nature. You get yeah. to do that every single day. Yeah. I find coast people on the coasts of Canada, this is a big stereotype, whether it's West Coast or East Coast, they have it figured out, the work-life balance. Mm-hmm. So you, I think you should make that a goal, go out West. I would like to go out West. That this should year. be my, my travel goals. But, yeah, yeah I, I picture staying in Canada. I can't, I said that like such a Canadian. Canada. Canada. But to be close enough to my family, I love I love our country. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'd like to have my home base here and then travel. And so you said you make vision boards every year, New, New Year's. Year's. Do you also, I'm curious, revisit your old vision board from the previous mm-hmm. year and see if you accomplished those goals? I have done that before. And I think it's not always spot on. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly what I thought, but it's always almost always related it's come to fruition in some way I'm like oh I'd like to I don't know expand my yoga network and then I'm you know suddenly teaching at like four new studios things like that I can see that like the dots are connected but like you said only by I think you hinted on that or talked about this only by writing stuff down can you really start looking at it and taking action steps yeah if you could walk us through one of your mindful meditation practices you do this every week on Instagram I'll make sure to leave Errol's link in the show notes of this episode because it's something you want to check out every monday you post a new video and it's a tangible exercise that you can do to cope with your and take care of your mental health which i think is great i know that i've revisited a lot of your videos for my insomnia take some time get comfortable i'll do a meditation that's just breathing based and they really are all about breathing awareness at the end of the day Mm -hmm. but anybody that is Um, writing or doing anything creative it can be easy to get so um, ingrained or involved in it that you are not paying attention to your body because Mm -hmm. you're using your mind so much so a great way to come back to your body is to notice your breath and actually create a little space between your inhales and exhales so it's like finding a pause and with that I'll introduce a mantra so while you're breathing if your mind wanders which is completely normal 
you come back to the mantra and then back to your breath. So with that said, you would sit down or you could stand up too, just with your spine long and your chin slightly tucked just to lengthen the back of your neck. And however you're positioned, just make sure your feet are firmly planted on the floor or the ground. And do this so that you can connect to a sense of grounding of earth. And with that, some stillness. And then soften your shoulders away from your ears. Do your best to relax the muscles in your face, especially around your eyes and your jaw. So your eyes are closed or soft. And first take a moment to observe what it feels like to be still, connected and still. And then bringing your awareness to your breath. Starting to really notice what it feels like to breathe in through your nose. And out through your nose. Just listening to the sound of your breath in your body. Notice the quality of your breath as it is in this moment. Maybe it's shallow. Maybe it's deep. Maybe it has a temperature to it. Maybe it's warm or cool. And then start to deepen it. Wherever you are, deepening and slowing down your breath. Doing your best to inhale, nice and slow. Pausing, holding your breath just for a moment. And then exhaling, nice and slow. Inhale, pause, exhale, pause, breathing in, pause, and out, pause, keep doing that, really lengthening your breath and finding a nice space between your inhales and your exhales. If your mind wanders during this process, which it probably will, it's normal, I welcome you to focus yourself, to recenter yourself by repeating the following words in your head. I am here now. I am here now. Coming back to that mantra and then back to your breath again, the same observation of the movement of breath in your body. Breathing in, pause, and out, pause. Do that a few more times. Remembering, 
I am here now. When you're ready, before you move or open your eyes, just take a moment to notice how you feel in your body now. How you feel in your mind, any shifts, without judging, just observing neutrally. And slowly opening your eyes and moving your body in any way that feels good to you. Oh, thank you. I got chills. That was so good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on. This was amazing. Thanks for listening to Chapter 8, Wellness for Writers with Errol McCaffrey. You can find all of Errol's information under the show notes for this chapter at louiseclairjohnson.com slash podcast. Make sure to follow along on Instagram at wordweaverpodcast. And if you like what you heard today, feel free to leave a review in iTunes or on the Stitcher podcast app. Until next time.